This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. All right. Hi. How the devil are you? You well? You good? You well? You well? Uh, how's things? You good? How's your bank holiday? Or as the kids call it, Orange Holiday. Well, that's what we used to say in school. You'd come back from school. We've talked about this before. Uh, kids would be like, hey, uh, say bank holiday, but, you know, do like two little fish hooks and put your, put your cheeks apart. And I go, okay. Yeah, like that. And you're like, yeah, now say bank holiday. And he'd be like, Orange Holiday. I'm like, oh my God, you said Orange Holiday? <laughs> oh my God. And then you'd be so embarrassed. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know by pulling me out of part, I'd say wank. Now, all right, to save yourself, say, my daddy's a banker doing the same thing. My daddy's a wanker. And well, he's not, though. Oh, yeah, that's a wanker. But he's not, though. All right, last thing. Say, my dad works in a pirate ship. Uh, my dad works in a pirate ship. Oh, no, you said he works in a pile of shit. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that you call him a wanker. I'm going to tell you that he's a war in a pile of shit. I'm going to tell you that, um, that you celebrate a wank holiday on Mondays. You know? Fucking bankers. They need to change the name of that. They need to change the name of that to nurse's holiday. And then we'd all... I mean, we're on board already. But I don't like the idea that we're giving the banks a day off. <laughs> you know? From what? From what? From, you know, from what? <laughs> you know? You know? How hard is it? Tell you what's hard, creating content. <laughs> you know? Uh, my daddy, no, he's not a... My daddy is not a wanker, though. Um, and he doesn't work in a pile of shit. He's a businessman. Works in Sandyford. <laughs> That's not... You know, businessman's not a job title. Exists anymore. It, it's, you know, it's hard enough for my young fella saying, what does daddy do, you know? Apart from lazing about farting up the place. Apart from lazing about farting up the... Apart from being the sole methane producer of this abode. Yeah? Um, what does he do? He's he's in a show. That's what my young fella says. He's in a show. And um, he's a storyteller, you know? Quote my pal Shane, Daniel Byrne, who despises the term. We're storytellers. We're storytellers. We're not. We're we're not. You know. Here's an Irish story for you. Um. Here, you know your. Here, you know your man, wee man. He's dead. 
Here you know your man, wee man, he's dead. Great story. Here you know your man. Here you know Richard Gere used to stick like mice and all up his hole and all. Great story. Really good story. <laughs> you know? It never begins. An Irish story never really begins. Cairo, 1939. The Krauts were coming over the hill. <laughs> you know? Never been a good story like that. Or a bad story. Cairo, 1939. I was walking in, down in a sand dune, an old sand dune, into a big mouth, and it ate my plane. Oh, hang on. That was the mummy, too. The mummy returns. I was actually watching the mummy returns. Although, interestingly, um, if you want to talk about movies influencing storytelling, well, like, you know, anecdotes. I have a tattoo on my mm, left arm of a, oh, man, what can you call it? Little frog mouse, a little stupid fucking looking frog moose with, uh, with, with scales and a little tongue, right? And that was the closest illustration I could find, you know, what would have been 12 years ago. Of an artist's representation of a chupacabra. A chupacabra. The goat sucker. The goat sucker. The middle, the Central American goat sucker, man. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about bloody... Um, I'm not talking about the lollipop shop in Cabra, County Dublin. Chupa... Chupa chupacabra. I'm not talking about that. Or chupi. What's that? sell jewellery or something, I don't know. I occasionally browse over to my wife's uh, browsing. She might be on Chupi, a website for women. <laughs> or whatever, whoever. Well, who am I? Anyway, uh, the Chupacabra is, I think it is a Puerto Rican cryptid. Uh, listen, a couple of goats got pounds, got found couple of goats got found sucked off. Sucked off. Rot. No, I'm talking, about proper, I'm talking about proper sucked off. As in two big holes in their back. And no more blood. Blood gone bye-bye. And this thing's dead. A goat of all things. Um, the evilest of cattle. Dead. Who could kill a goat? And so there was a lot of speculation around. And a lot of like, these... Puerto Rican farmers start saying, I want to the accent as much, as much as I want to. I want to the accent. They were kind of saying, yeah, I thought I actually saw like fellow walk around here like sucking off goats. They're like, what? What it looked like kind of looked like uh, alien little fella. I'm pretty sure. Don't ask me why I know this, but I'm pretty sure I saw uh, alien walking around Green alien with spikes and scales sucking off goats in the middle of the night. Don't ask me how. And what was weird was the description of the beast, the cryptid, matched almost identically to that of Rebecca Romaine Stamos in the movie Species, where she played a little green woman, um, an alien. Very sexy alien. I loved the film. It was very violent. Uh, and proper, proper, like, gory, you know. But she just kept, couldn't help herself. 
getting her jabs out. And and it's one of these things. I have not seen poor things, but I do like what it's doing there of I'm not seeing it, but having a kind of a a woman essentially like a a baby brain in a woman's body. And this is not a trope that has just been invented by poor things or, you know, well, Bride of Dracula actually was pretty, or Bride of Frankenstein, rather, was actually quite bright. Um, but, like, any movie where there's a mermaid, um, men just be, be falling in love with this thing, you know? Like, um, like Little Mermaid, you know, this gobdaws there fucking combing her hair with a fucking fork, and this guy's like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. This woman is a, a sensation. Daryl Hannah in the movie Splash eats a crab with the shell on. And Tom Hanks is like, wow, you're kooky. You know? Upset, like, gorgeous. I don't care what's going on in that head. You know? And then Species, of course, which is like, this is a child in a in a hot woman's brain, but is also an alien. Is it bad? It's probably bad. You know? I mean, I think she's only like a couple of weeks old, really. But the gestation period for these kind of aliens. Anyway, look, I'm, I'm, I went on a deep dive of species. Anyway, the the the. But I'm I'm interested in that about poor things. I like. I I wonder if they're doing that intentionally. I imagine they are about what, how Hollywood has kind of treated these kind of uh, fantastical and you know magical women who you know just pop up in people's lives in culture, and people are wooed by them without realizing that. You know, they don't really have a, a brain. You know, no, no issue with that in my house. My opinionated wife, who I love, and I love that she has opinions, but there's no, wor- there's no worries about that. Boy, it's very bright. You know, I got the best of both worlds. You know, I have a stunning mermaid slash, uh, you know, nymphomaniac uh, alien. You know, I'm talking about species here, um, but with the brain. Of you know, a sixty-year-old uh, titan of industry. You know, so I'm doing. You know, so it's great. But a lot of opinions, which is great. You know, we are we haven't had a seafood dinner where she's eaten the shells before. That's good, I suppose. Um, you know, but but anyway, um, the chupacabra in Puerto Rico, um was popping up everywhere. Everyone started noticing these goats getting sucked off, and they were like, it must be this alien one guy saw. I saw that as well. It had spikes and all. And it matched exactly the description of what the alien looked like in the movie Species. And then also it was revealed later on that Species was actually just shooting there. So there's a, there's a cryptid in the lexicon. I have a tattoo of it, but I hadn't Wikipedia'd it. And... You know, it lives there alongside your Bigfoots. Cryptids. You know cryptids? Animals that may or may not exist. Monsters. Cryptozoological beings. I always tell my young fella, a monster is just an animal we haven't met yet. You know? We just haven't met yet. Just those fucking bigwigs. Those zoologist bigwigs. Just haven't put it in the fucking book yet. Right? So why can't this rabbit that some hick glued antlers to be an animal, huh? Because of the fucking men in the White House. Huh? These bigwigs. Anton can be an animal. 
I can put googly eyes on a fucking kiwi. Guess what? It's an animal. And I am going to tell everyone that this is an animal. You know, I, I am going to get this scene. I'm going to, you know, I've run out of steam on this kiwi thing. <laughs> I'm bored of this idea. It's not a very good idea for an animal, you know. Um, But anyway, yeah, apparently Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine Stamos sucking off goats as well. But anyway, look, um, how did I get onto that? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Hey. Anyway. How are you doing? You well? How was your wank holiday, though? Did you have a good one? Um, ju- ju- I had an interesting one. Tell you, I'll tell you what kicked it off um, on Friday. You might know this if you've been listening to the bonus Cantwell um, shit show over on Headstuff Plus, where I, you know, really peel behind and tell you a little bit more intimate details of my life. Um, peel behind... The curtain, sorry. I should say. I should finish. Um, you might know that I w- um, have been looking to get seen for uh, ADHD. I think I talked about it on this pod as well. Um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And um, went to a psychiatrist on Friday. And actually, um, there's, there's, there's very various things. Uh, that are like symptoms of of ADHD that I always just thought was laziness, you know, was just I'm late. I assume things that have never taken 10 minutes and have usually taken three hours will just somehow miraculously take 10 minutes this time. I text people compulsively and say, if I'm on the way to meet them, say, and I say, you know, hey, I'm 15 minutes away. And Google is telling me. 25 minutes, you know. Um, I am forgetful. I've lost so many passports that the passport office... My mom came in. I told you this before. She came in and uh, finally got me another passport, an emergency passport, the day before I'm going off. And um, uh, on interrailing. And and she goes, right, look, I had to, I had to fucking drive to some man's house. To get this, some man, or some man, no, sorry, I had, to, I had to convince some man who was driving home to drive the opposite direction on the way home to give me this passport rather than have it go to the post. And when he gave it to me, I tried to give him a bottle of wine. This is what my man was telling me. And your man just said, forget it. He was annoyed, you know, and wouldn't take the wine. And that pissed me off, snubbing my man at the door. My man bought you a bottle of wine, you fucking clown. You know, if you're going to do the nice thing, take the nice bit. And then he said, if he loses one more passport, he won't be issued another one. And then she, she, she told me these two things, right? Coming in, my 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 uh, knight in shining armor, my mother, give me the passport. Convinced, pleading with this man to give me the passport with enough time. An emergency passport. Because I just, I don't know, fucking left it in tripod or something. Do you know what I mean? Left it at, left it at a night called Cunt, you know? Where'd you leave that? I went to a night called Cunt on Tuesday, ma'am. And it's gone. But I need it for Thursday. So figure that shit out. Bye. <laughs> Where's the two liter bottle of Coke? I'm going to go drink it. You better have this shit figured out by the time I come down. Um, Awful boy. Um, Yeah, and then she, and she came in. Like, Here's a passport. And I was like, oh, unreal. I actually, a man dropped it off. And he he, um, he was actually quite annoyed. And, he, you know, I tried, gave him a present and he wouldn't take it. And he was real thick with me. And I was like, what? 
And he said, if you lose it again, you're not going to be issued another one. And he'd be like, and I was like, actually, do you know what, man? Against the Geneva Convention, you cannot deny a man. She's like, fuck off. Fuck off. Take the fucking passport. So all these kind of, you know, encounters in my life. You know, I always thought it was me just being a dickhead. And it kind of was as well. You know, hey, um, you know, you can't blame that. So what else would there be? I mean, literally, a few weeks ago, Terry was talking to me. And she was talking sl- slowly. She's like, I know it's your ADHD. Which you're with potentially the fact that you may have ADHD. Um, I'm going to say this as clear as I can. And as soon as she said those words, a little robin landed on my bike outside the window, and I just started staring at it. And she's like, "What? What? What is it now, Tony?" And I was like, "Do you know what? I actually think you want to see this. There's a little robin outside." And we both had a delightful little moment, but it was fueled by uh, uh, ADHD. Anyway, I went to the psychiatrist. Um. And I was half an hour late. <laughs> I was half an hour late. I've been waiting a year for this. I've been waiting a year, essentially, uh, to get seen. Most people are looking about 18 months to two years. I had to go private to see a psychiatrist. Um, and, yeah, so I, and I'm half an hour late. And I should have been like, I should. he should have just like seen me and be like, started slow clapping when I came in. That was the real test. Tony, you did it. You do have ADHD. That was the real test. Um, and it kind of was a test of your attention because it was super boring, you know. It wasn't juicy like a therapist. It wasn't like, you know, tell me about the last time you cried. You know, nothing good like that. You know, when, um, what's your browsing history like? You know, good shit, the juice, you know. Um, but he was just kind of like, could you pay attention? Went through everything. Went through like... um. We you regularly talking in class or anything? Are you to feel compelled to? And I was like, yes, actually. Since play school, what made me probably the most popular kid in the play school, uh, they called me, you know, I was the funny one, but I didn't really pay attention. Is there any other examples of that? Yeah, I went used to go to swimming lessons in St. Paul's Pool, and um, I just wouldn't, I'd never got out of the water. All the other kids would be getting out of the water, and I was, wasn't listening. And so I didn't really learn how to swim. And so then when I actually had to do a swimming test to earn my badge, I almost drowned. And then they didn't give me the badge, and I cried. And my mom was like, you better give him that fucking badge. And they were like, but he doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> you better. Hey. Hey. Dickhead. Hey. Are you? This is what my mom always says to people. This is actually what she said to the passport guy. Are you going to tell my son he's not getting a passport? <laughs> Are you going to tell my son he's not getting a badge? Carla, he may drown. I don't give a fuck. Right, I'm not. He's not crying. Are you going to tell my son there's no Santa? Like I tried, and then he cried, and then I told him there was a Santa. <laughs> you know. So I got the badge. I eventually figured it out. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, in that, in that I was like, wasn't paying attention then. Um, I peaked in senior infants. I got like ninety nine in the spelling test, and I think I was ranked in one of the, like the highest brightest boys in the class then and, and and then it was like just gradually just dipping down from from senior infants you know just gradually the more things they were telling me the less i was doing i think i did best in my junior cert mocks then worse than my junior cert worse than that me leaving cert mocks and then worse than that finally me leaving you know um so yeah and i think i said this before on 
before any of this shit. Um, that I've never once been engaged in a classroom. I've never once been interested. Time in school. Time has never once gone by quickly because I like the thing that I'm listening to or learning about. Um, I was constantly drawing comics. Me and Lorcan Clancy, my good pal Lorcan, we'd be um, just drawing comics all day, just passing them back and forth. I told you one time I drew a comic of the teacher who was in the class because he was getting, he said something to get thick with me and I drew a picture of him wanking, crying because he was all alone. And thank God, he, he actually found it, right? He, we were, I drew it. It was them, him wanking with all the posters for the bands that he said he liked. And he was wanking and crying. And he's like, why am I so alone? And then he picked it up. And I was like, oh my God. But he picked up the wrong side. And it was just like some doodles. Literally, he was holding in front of me the picture that I had drawn. And luckily, he was just looking on the wrong side. I don't know what could have happened. For him, for his sake. That's too rough. That's too rough, you know? Um, so we went through, yeah, schools, jobs. I've been sacked from five. <laughs> uh, you've been sacked from five for not really having the motivation, for being constantly late. Um, and then you know got into. Do you find it hard to like take like multiple things that people might say? Do you find it hard to wait your turn? And they're like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, well, it doesn't really apply now, but like if you find yourself before phones, if you had to queue up for something, and I'd be like, oh my God, I'd want to, I'd be having an anxiety attack. You know? I think that's why I love it so much. Terry, we were going shopping to get some clothes for the kids. We we're in like Zara. And they actually got some nice clothes for kids in Zara. And she's like, would you mind queuing? I was like, absolutely. Start watching Avatar. You know? Absolutely, I will. I don't mind, I don't mind that at all. It's a different world. So we went through everything, and um, and uh, he's the professor or whatever, doctor. He says, um, okay, so we did a couple of tests on you there to all those questions based on your answers, right? And I could have been spoofing. In fact, you know, I had to kind of tone it down a little bit because I was like, I didn't, I don't know. I felt weird because he, be, he seemed to be liking all my answers, and that made me feel like, no, hang on, something's, something's amiss here, you know? Um, I I may be so it'd be like do you find yourself do you find it difficult to kind of like sit still do you fidget I'm like I do fidget and I play with my moustache all the time uh, like I'm a villain like I got an old broad tied up on a railway tracks um, somewhere you know and um, and I was like not really now because I got a good couch well at first I said yes I do and I was like but I also sometimes just lie there flat for hours. He's like, yeah, it's fine. You know. Okay. But he, anyway, he's liking all the answers and he says, we did three tests on you there um, and they were kind of like, he kind of jumped around a few topics, I think maybe to keep it interesting, I don't know. But he's like, one, to, one was uh, autism because it's kind of part of the neurodivergent family and um, there are some traits in autism that might appear as attention uh, deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, but you don't have autism, um, so you can, you know, know that or whatever. And then there's two other ones. Uh, one was based on um, your kind of childhood history, because if you have ADHD as an adult, you likely had it as a child, and the results from that would be 
kind of far above average that you would have had it as a kid, he says. I'm like, okay. And then, and then obviously there's adult as well. So the adult as well would be kind of, again, far above average in terms of the results. I'm like, okay. You know. So what, you, what he's saying is, like, I'm saying he's like, you far above, so you have ADHD. I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, and then he started shining on a bit stuff. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, and yeah, so I have, so I have ADHD. So I have ADHD. Um, I felt weird all weekend, you know. Um, and kind of like I kind of got a bit sad. Like I kind of bit, I got sad to be honest. I kind of thought that I I wanted uh, some kind of. This is what I wanted. I'll tell you what I wanted. You know, we all have Gary's in our head and voices and all this stuff. Um, Brezzy calls his Jeffrey, right? <laughs> And I stole that off him, and I call mine Gary. Uh, and we all have those voices and stuff. But I also, like, for fucking years, I I just, I always just, like, not even, like, thought, like, knew. Knew I was lazy. And kind of knew I was stupid. Because I don't read newspapers. <laughs> um, and I always thought I was lazy. And I also thought that like I was selfish uh, because I didn't write back to people. That I was always off, kind of distracted in my own world. And that that was like a moral choice where I morally uh, chose to actively give my attention to things that suited me over other people. Um, And those those all may still be true. But they're also, you know, might have to be a part that where I'm, you know, a bit easier on myself for that, you know, because I, you know, I thought how amazing would it be if you go in near the psychiatrist's office, they look like Robin Williams, got big fucking hairy arms, and they just keep saying, it's not your fault. I know, I know, they're like, it's not your fault. That time that you lost your dad's watch that he got when he went out for business on his own by his mentor, a father figure to him, and he gave you his watch. His gold watch, a watch that he kept on his desk to remind himself of his his history, his upbringing, and you lost it within a week. Him giving it to you, you know, <laughs> you know, you piece of shit, you know, not your fault. <laughs> I know, you know, that time you were late to your granddad's funeral, um, and everyone was wa- everyone was waiting, like oh, your whole family was waiting there because <laughs> they couldn't go to the grave. Until you arrived and you were like half an hour late. Yeah, it's not your fault. Ah. <laughs> yeah, but it is though. No, it's not your fault. Okay. You know. But it is though. Um, And, and a fucking, you know, every kind of uh, ineptitude that fucking, that you kind of go, ooh, you know. Really fucking dropped the ball on that. Or all the times I've been fired. I know I laugh about it, but like, you know, still a shock at the time. It was a shock at the time. How could you, how could I? I got sacked from one job after they gave me. I was late every single day, and they gave me a written. They gave me a verbal warning, uh, a written warning, final written warning, one last chance, and then I was late the next day. And this was like over the span of like two weeks, you know. And I was late every single day, but they didn't give me the warnings all the days. 
And they're like, if you get another one of these, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Then I went in. They're like, um, we're letting you go. I'm like, why? But why? I don't understand. And I didn't understand. You know, I hadn't really. Anyway, so I kind of, so yeah, I kind of was fantasizing that I'd go in there and I'd have the slate wiped clean, you know. But it doesn't feel that way. And the things, the things don't work that way. There's never, there's never like a big, you know, magic squeegee over your over your your memories you know they're grooved in like a beautiful vinyl you know they're in there make you who you are um i mean what would a vinyl sound like with no grooves you know maybe (laughs) i'll try it i'll try it after this so yeah things don't happen like that there's no big wave of magic wand and then all of a sudden you just feel completely different or anything but then I started getting all kind of sad. And I was like, but I like I like me. And I like my story, you know? I like my story that I'm a bit that I'm a bit lazy. I like my story that I'm a bit dumb. You know? And then also that whole dumb, the whole stupidity thing. Like I can retain a lot of information, but I can't I I just don't, I find it difficult to read books. I find it difficult to pay attention while reading books. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I watch documentaries. <laughs> but uh, I don't think, I don't think, to be honest, that the written word is sexy enough. I don't think text looks very sexy to me, to be perfectly honest. You know, and especially knowing that there are images out there. I'm like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You know. Um, and I've told you before that you know, every time I read a book, for whatever reason, just picture Matt LeBlanc as the the lead and I've never been able to shake that so yeah I thought yeah be magic squeegee you're no longer stupid you're no longer um you're no longer lazy and you do care about the people you care about when I'd be there be like why can't I just fucking remember to text my mom back oh my god a week's gone by and I haven't called my mom and this is a very important week for her you know um like, how, why do I do this? Why do I constantly... Why am I constantly, like, meeting my friends? And then I have to kind of show up and kind of a bit of a bravado and being like, yeah, what do you expect? I'm always late. But I'm also still like, I feel bad I'm late. But why am I late? Um, so, yeah, that didn't happen. That didn't really happen. And then I ended up getting sad, being just like, I, kind of, I don't want to lose that guy. I don't want to, like, lose all these kind of, like, traits that I kind of like. That have grown to have calcified and kind of made me who I am. I don't want to fucking put that shit down to uh, disorder. That's boring. That feels boring to me, you know. Um, but I suppose, look, there's only like everything. There's only one lived experience, you know. Information goes into the prism and comes out a rainbow. Whatever that, whatever that is, you're still the same. You're just one big prism. Beautiful fucking rainbow coming over. Um. So yeah. I drove home listening to Creed, crying, <laughs> crying, singing Creed, you know. Hold me now, I'm six feet from the edge and I'm thinking. I don't know why. I was screaming Creed. So one side effect of finding out you have ADHD is you will sing Creed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is Clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Read a lot over the whole weekend. You know. And I don't know what, what's now. I don't know what's now. Um, I do feel I do have the weekend now to kind of ruminate on it. And I like, I'm happy with it now. I'm happy with that. I'm happy. And you know what? It actually, I feel like I've got a bit more power with it, to be honest. I feel a little bit less uh, helpless. It's almost like, um, you know, it's like I've got a big hat on. Don't know why this is the first thing I thought of. I've got a big hat on, a big tall top hat. It is beautiful. It is, it is three foot tall, beautiful tall top hat that I wear. Right, and beforehand I didn't see that I had the hat off, and I just kept walking through door frames and I kept knocking it off. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. Now I just know I have to duck under door frames. I have a responsibility. I've got a big hat on. Look, it's a new disorder. Give me more time to come up with better analogies. But I've got a big hat on now. I know that I have a big hat on. So if you're a guy with a big hat and you're off to meet someone, you're probably going to have to duck under the door frame to get out without knocking it off, without messing things up. So whatever it is, I'm going to be, I'm, there is something outside of me, outside of the me me, that is going to try and make me late. So what can I do to push back against that? It kind of, you know, kind of vilifies the thing. You know, it's the same thing as like, um, like Brezzy's Jeffrey thing. There's a voice inside you that's not you. It takes takes this thing outside of you, you know, and it just puts it over there. And you can just like objectively listen to that one thing without making it a part of your identity, you know. And you can vilify it and you can go to war with it, Jeffrey, you know, your Gary's. Similarly, um, what's it called? The book, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. He he vilifies procrastination, which is also an ADHD uh, uh, thing. He vilifies that as just resistance. He calls it resistance. And he says that resistance is basically like if you've got a, a compass, you know, pointing north and your future and your goals and your dreams are north, 
The resistance is really trying to fucking make you go south the whole time. But he says you can actually navigate that. You can navigate it. So whichever way resistance is telling you not to go is the way you should go. Going to the gym. Oh, no, I shouldn't go today. Oh, no, there's a reason, you know, that's resistance. Oh, I should really crack into that script. No, do you know what I actually need to do? That's resistance. You know, you can vilify it. So maybe this thing, maybe this tall hat is actually the best analogy, you know. I have a tall hat, and that comes with certain responsibilities. I have a particular set of hats. I have a particular set of skills. Um, So that's new. And, I mean, I fucking tell you everything. Anyway, so you may as well, you may as well know that. And I want to thank, um, there were some listeners, actually, who really kind of planted the seeds. And if you are one of those, and you sent me an Instagram message about it, thank you, and can you message me again? Uh, so I can say thank you. A lot of people were like, hey, I, I have ADHD and I really think you have ADHD. Because you never finish a fucking story, bro. <laughs> we're storytellers, you know. I went to the shop and... And then, you know what? I watched last night. <laughs> we're so frustrating listening to this podcast. Finish the fucking story, bro. Um, Speaking of finishing the fucking story, bro. Cody Rhodes. Can I talk about Cody Rhodes for a second? I'm going to talk about wrestling here for about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. So if that's of no interest to you, feel free to, to bow out now. Hey, you got some juice here. Told you about a chupacabra. Told you of ADHD. You know, there'll probably be more I'm going to talk about that, but um, uh, this is my first, you know, weekend with it. Um, but yeah, I fuck, I just got to tell you about this because it's really winding me up. What will I do? No, John, John will do. I'll tell you a bit, of the, bit about the business background and then I'll tell you um, a bit about the uh, story background, about what the fans want and what the current state is of WWE, right? And I'll try and keep this as quick as possible, right? The last couple of weeks have been very interesting for the WWE for a number of reasons, right? Um, the last few weeks, WWE has um, made a deal to, be, to, to feature shows on Netflix, Monday Night Raw and the 10 pole events, the pay-per-views, uh, WrestleMania, um, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and they had a Royal Rumble recently. $5 billion might extend to $10 billion. Huge amount of money for TKO Sports, who are the owners of the WWE, since Vince McMahon sold to them maybe a year ago, two years ago. Interesting thing about Vince McMahon, he's a cunt for one. He's a fucking deplorable beast, fucking monster. And I was kind of ignoring it until everything came out about it. I knew he'd kind of paid off some hush money. But I was like, ah, it's fucking Vince McMahon. Like, maybe there was some sort of, like, consensual hush money that... Not at all. I got it completely wrong. He's a fucking monster. And I can't watch anything that he's been in. He's a fucking piece of shit, right? Sorry. But um, horrible sexual abuser. And when you actually read the transcripts, it just... It looks pure evil. It looks like just... Not even specific things that he did, but the fantasies are all based around him making someone feel weak and him making himself feel very powerful. And he also implicates... It also... This whole massive thing... To go back, Vince McMahon sold WWE a few years ago to Endeavor, who owned the UFC, and they formed together this conglomerate called TKO Sports, right, looking over the UFC and WWE. He sold to Endeavor while he was out on leave from the WWE because of this scandal. The scandal had leaked. Not all the details had leaked, but the scandal had leaked, and he, and he stepped down. So then he sold his 
family business that he's been running for years, and he still has family members in there. Stephanie McMahon was acting CEO. Her husband, Triple H, is the head of creative and has done an incredible job. He's been the person who has really given fans what they've wanted. He has pushed wrestlers. He has been great for talent relations with like people who have fallen out of the business and come back. He has been created this NXT brand, which for a while was like the highest ranked you know weekly wrestling show it was like indie wrestling but with a budget of you know but with a but with a wwe budget all the wrestlers that you kind of see that have made it somewhere in wwe now would have come from nxt kind of a feeder school and a really good one um so very impressive very impressive with creative is triple h so there was a huge opportunity there for vince not to sell and just pass it on you know um, but he didn't do that. He sold, and he reinstated himself, or maybe part of the deal was he was reinstated as a board member. So essentially, he ousts, he was ousted, sells the business. Chap does not need the money, um, but sells it and uh, gets a board seat again, right? Um, so that's the way things were going for a while up until the last few weeks. So in the last few weeks, um, yeah, a few things happened. This Netflix deal, and then a few, like maybe a day later an actual proper lawsuit from the woman um kind of exposing all the details of their of their non-disclosure agreement there he was meant to pay her 3 million dollars or something like that um to, of hush money um it involved her you know being intimate with her intimate with other members of the company old fucking dudes she's a young woman like old fucking dudes Brock Lesnar as well um she sent uh, she was forced to like send pictures to him i'm not going to go into the details you can read it up yourself it's really bad um it's awful and i i actually wouldn't even recommend it but really fucking awful shit um that that he was having this this woman do um anyway he then is immediately taken out as a as a board member you know also the rock sorry the rock is brought in as a member of the board of tko sports and he's given probably as part of the deal the the title of, of The Rock. He finally has the trademark of The Rock. He never had. That's why he was trying to push his fucking DJ, Dwayne Johnson bullshit, right? So now he's, he's The Rock again. And because of his board member spot, he kind of outranks. And because of his involvement in entertainment and wrestling, they thought, this is amazing. We have someone who just in, in general has that crossover appeal for entertainment. You know, you know, for TKO Sports, it's a fucking win-win. Yeah, you can have access to The Rock name. We get your... Your, your image, your brand, you know, and also your, which I didn't think was part of it, but it seems like it is, you know, your your advice on what should happen, whether that be creatively or from a business point of view. He's a good businessman. Uh, and he, again, he has that kind of crossover. He's been good in films. He's been good in, they've never really been able to figure out how to make wrestlers stars. So this could be part of it. This could be part of that kind of entertainment package. Anyway, this is all that happened last week. And then the shit comes out by Vince and he's taken out of the, uh, of, of his board seat, okay? While this has happened, the Royal Rumble has also happened. The Royal Rumble is the big event of the year that starts the countdown to WrestleMania, which is the biggest night of, of WWE. That happens in April. Royal Rumble's in January. The Royal Rumble is, you might remember, maybe you've seen it when you were a kid, 30 entrants come in, and you have to throw, um, you know, other wrestlers over the top rope, and the last one in the ring gets a chance of uh, taking on the champion. Um, at WrestleMania. Now, the current champion is a man called Roman Reigns. Now, there's another champion called Seth Rollins, but and I like him. But Roman Reigns... Why am I saying Roman? Ramen Noodle Reigns. Roman Reigns is The Rock's cousin. Um, and he's actually done an amazing... 
he's they've had an amazing story in the last two years, uh, maybe three years, probably four actually with this whole bloodline thing. He's brought in a lot of Islander, uh, sort of Samoan descent, um, wrestling stable. And it's been an amazing thing for him to kick off um, the careers of other members of his family. And it's been like this unstoppable force, you know, the Usos, you know, who are part of the, the family as well. They were like the tag team champions for the longest time. You've Solo Sokoa as well, who's another one. Um, and they're, but like they're, they, they were, and, and Roman Reigns himself has been champion, you know, beating everyone. Uh, Brock Lesnar beating everyone who's been thrown at him. Roman Reigns has retained his title for like 1,400 days. One of the longest reigns in a long time. Doesn't happen anymore. Doesn't happen, not since like Bruno San Martino are you getting numbers like this, you know? Like what is that? Three years fucking champion. Um, and then he was become champion of like of, of Raw and, and of SmackDown. He's walking around with fucking two belts. He might even have three, you know? And, you know, he has just not been able to be beaten. Because of the bloodline, they interfere, and it's very frustrating. The fans are like, for fuck's sake. And it's at the point now where the fans are kind of turning. They're like, okay, someone needs to win this title. You need to make it mean something again, you know? I know that Vince McMahon loves Roman Reigns and all this stuff. And so then last year, not even this year, I'll give you a bit more background, all right? Who, who people want to win, right? Who the fans want to win is a guy called Cody Rhodes. Give you a bit of a history on Cody Rhodes. I don't know a lot because I've only really started watching wrestling again in the last three years. Um, maybe the last four years. <clears throat> Everyone wants Cody Rhodes to win. Okay. Cody Rhodes is back in the WWE in the last two years. He was previously in AEW. He used to be in the WWE years ago. He's a second generation uh, superstar. His father's Dusty Rhodes, considered one of the greatest of all time. Certainly considered in the top three of people who are just unbelievable on the mic. Right. Just full of life, full of personality. Everyone loved him. Everybody loves Dusty Rhodes. Um, he's been in all different wrestling organizations, WCW, WWE, NWA. Um, and um, and he's got two. So he's got sons who are also in wrestling. Dustin Rhodes, you might have seen his gold dust. He's been knocking around. To give this guy a, a character that is essentially go out there and be camp so everyone can boo you. It's just one of the most aged, should be, one of the most aged gimmicks in the history of wrestling, you know? But it isn't, because Dustin Rhodes made it his own thing, made it this weird fucking art piece. No one knew how fucking deep he could be, you know? Um, and he's like a big guy, he's like six foot seven, coming out in like a wig and lipstick and kicking lads in the bollocks and like rubbing his body in and people just booing him, you know? And uh, But he made it his own. And he was probably the most successful of Dusty Rhodes' kids in wrestling. Cody Rhodes was good, couldn't really ever just connect properly. People liked him, you know, good athlete, tremendously hard worker, just very nice, has a lisp as well, like his father, you know, speaks with a lisp, and um, very sweet, always looked up, got into wrestling essentially because he looked up to his older brother, Dustin, you know, um, and just really wanted to make it. And the last thing he was doing in the WWE since this recent tenure he's been in was tag teaming with Goldust. He was Stardust. But then he realized that some kid only knew him. I think some kid only knew him as Stardust. And he was like, I'm bottoming out. This is not going well. And my only career, people only know me as being the Stardust character. And it wasn't a very good gimmick. It was just this, imagine Goldust, but crazier, you know? So I don't remember if he was kicked out or if he left. But he leaves the WWE. And what he does is set up AEW. He helps co-found AEW, which is the second biggest wrestling organization in the world. Um... 
and it started just with one night that they put on. Was it called One Night Only? Or, or uh, was it called One Night Only? Or was it called All or Nothing? Anyway, they put on this one night, which is essentially like the biggest indie wrestling night. And they bring in like Chris Jericho and they bring in all these wrestlers. And it's huge. It's a huge success. Sells out like 80,000 people in attendance. The biggest independent wrestling event. And it kicks off the start of AEW. Now they're a weekly show. Now they're going to be on TNT. Now they are the biggest rivals and certainly the biggest rivals in terms of quality of wrestling. Sometimes even, you know, Trump and the UFC, um, Trump and WWE in terms of ratings. And Cody is part of this. And Cody's got a lot of heat on him now. And Cody's kind of like, you know, I don't remember if he became champ and watch AEW, but people are loving him. People are loving what he's offering. He's got this, you know, calls himself the American Nightmare. His father, Dusty Rhodes, is the American Dream. And he's got a lot of heat on him and everything's going really well for him. And then he leaves AEW and people are like, what the fuck? Why is he doing this? And he comes back to WWE to a huge pop. I think it was even in the Royal Rumble. And people are like, what is going on? And people fucking love Cody Rhodes, you know? He is just so, he's like Superman. He's like a Boy Scout. He's just pure goodness. Loves his father. Talks about legacy. Talks about finishing the story, you know? Couldn't get more of a face. Couldn't be more of a baby face if he tried to create one in a lab. And a babyface that people like, which is unprecedented. This is the sort of thing you would push for in the 90s of wrestling and people would turn on. You know, it's actually something that The Rock, of all people, who came out, second generation superstar, big smiling fucking face, and got booed. He couldn't pull it off as a face. Cody Rhodes can. And he came in last year at the Royal Rumble and he won and he got to face Roman Reigns. And you're like, oh my God, this is the story. This is the story. This guy... He wasn't really shit here in WWE. Goes off, makes of himself independent. He's coming back. His father just died. Everyone was talking about Dusty Rhodes. He's going to finish the story. He's against Roman Reigns. Whatever. They, I don't even remember how they fucking ended it. Uh, they, someone cheats. Cody Rhodes doesn't win. And we're like, what? That would have been amazing. We all have massive blue balls now. That was last year. That was Royal Rumble and WrestleMania that it took place like, you know, 2023. So then we're like, oh, fuck, what are they doing here? And then Brock Lesnar got involved. And then all of a sudden he's got a rivalry with Brock Lesnar. Then a rivalry with Seth Rollins. And you're like, no, get back. But the thing is, Roman Reigns is not showing up every week. Roman Reigns doesn't show up at every pay-per-view. So he can't have a continuous, no one can have a continuous rivalry with uh, rivalry with, with Roman Reigns because he's not there all the time. This is what the fans are saying. We don't want a part-time champ. We don't want a part-time champ. We want a full-time champ. Like the Attitude Era, where they were there every single week. That The Rock should know fucking full well about when he was champ, showing up at every wrestling show, getting every single fan in attendance and ability to see the champ walk out there with the fucking strap anyway. It's just wrestling and it's fake. But anyway, this year, a very interesting thing happening. The uh, the Royal Rumble happening again. And a lot of people, of course, want to win it. Everyone wants to win it. There's 30 people in it. And CM Punk is brought back in. CM Punk, the man who said, hell would have to freeze over for me to ever go back to the WWE, walks out with a t-shirt saying hell froze over. He actually got kicked out of AEW for battering some lad uh, for being reckless in the ring. But anyway, then they're thinking, all right, what's going to happen here? Because CM Punk has got a rivalry with Seth Rollins. They genuinely don't like each other and talk so much shit about each other, like, uh, you know, behind the scenes. They shoot when they go on like a podcast, they're very happy to, you know, break kayfabe. I'm throwing a lot of terms at you here, but they're very happy to do all that shit and talk shit. So you're kind of like as a fan, you're like, all right, do you know what? I think CM Punk might be past it. I love him, but I think he might be past it. He might not have enough juice in the tank for this. Um, and that Seth Rollins match might be all right. 
I don't know if Seth can sell as well to make Punk look good right now. But anyway, what everyone wants to see is Cody and Roman. Cody Rhodes and CM Punk are the last two in the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes wins. And Cody Rhodes points at the WrestleMania sign, indicating that he's going to WrestleMania, he's going to win. That's what he's saying. And he points up to Roman Reigns, he's up there in the stands, and he's like, I'm coming for you. Because they get to pick a champion, whatever champion they want. And he's like, of course, I'm picking you. But a few weeks before that, The Rock had shown up. Just to show up, just to boost his fucking ego whenever he's fucking feeling a bit low about himself. He read a negative comment somewhere. Maybe people weren't excited about fucking uh, Red Santa or whatever the fucking stupid Christmas film he's doing that no one gives a shit about. That no one gives a shit about. And he's like, I need, I need to feel the pop, the electrifying feeling that people screaming for me walking. Walking down a gangway to a ring to give a half-assed fucking uh, promo. But he goes out there and he's like, uh, he makes something and be like, where should The Rock sit tonight? I'm going to a restaurant. Should I sit at the bar? Should I sit on a stool? Or should I sit at the head of the table? Indicating, because that's what Roman Reigns calls himself, the head of the table. The head of this, you know, Samoan Islander, you know, family group. They all wear lays around their neck and they're badass. The Samoans in fucking wrestling are fucking badass. I don't know if Roman Reigns is specifically Samoan. But they're all related. You know, The Rock is related to them. Rikishi's related. Um, Roman Reigns, the Usos. There's a big family in wrestling. So Rock's kind of hinting, oh, I wouldn't mind actually being the head of the table, taking down Roman Reigns, right? So that's fine. But anyway, Cody's won the Royal Rumble. He's, uh, you know, fighting um, Roman Reigns. And then he comes out, and Cody's like, hey, I, I want you, I want to fight you, but I think there's someone who wants to fight you more, and The Rock comes out. And you're like, what? Are they really teeing up now that The Rock is going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Are they going to undercut not only this story that has been building for the longest time to give the fans exactly what they want, which is Cody Rhodes beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Hopefully in an incredible match. They do have incredible matches, the two of them. They work well together. And you're going to undercut that while also undercutting the sanctity of the fucking Royal Rumble. He won the Royal Rumble. He gets to face the fucking champ. But what? The Rock apparently is saying behind the scenes is this is a bad week for TKO Sports. Bad week for the WWE. Brock is out because he's implicated in this scandal. Vince is, of course, out. There's a lot of bad attention on that. CM Punk also injured himself. Seth Rollins has also injured himself. Is the best main event at WrestleMania really Cody Rhodes? And Roman Reigns. And The Rock apparently behind closed doors as a board as a, a board member says, I want to face Roman Reigns. Like, I mean, as a board as a you know, as a board member, as a board uh what would you call as a director on the board, as a board of director of director, can you really go in there in your first fucking week and be like, Okay, great. Uh I want to face him at the biggest event ever and I want to win the title, actually. Yeah, I just think it'll be good for business. So, I'm a bit annoyed with The Rock. That was a very long-winded way. I mean, it wasn't interesting when I told Terry earlier. Don't know if it's as interesting now. But it's certainly on my fucking mind. We want Cody! Enough of this bullshit. The fucking Rock. So what's going to happen is, you know what's going to happen? The Rock is going to get booed. The Rock is going to show up at another show somewhere and he's going to get booed. And The Rock does not like being booed. The Rock has not liked being booed ever since he himself 
was a baby face and went out there and got booed. And then he went so hard into the fucking, did a heel turn that he just made it work for him, you know, until booing was part of what he was doing. But he's going to get fucking booed. People do not want this. But I can't argue that it isn't a good business decision. In the long run, it's not. But what are they looking for? They're looking for short-term gains here. They're looking to inflate the stock, uh, inflate the the viewers, uh, make it look like it's the most appetizing thing for Netflix to be a part of because Netflix can extend. It's a five-year deal, and Netflix can extend for another 10 years, making them fucking probably as much money as it cost to buy the WWE in the first place, Endeavor. So, so it's interesting. My voice has actually gone hoarse now talking about this bullshit. So um, I'm fucking a bit a bit thick now with The Rock. And this is all... I know there's probably listen to people listening to this being like, this is like when you hear someone talk about a dream <laughs> that they had. This isn't real. But it is real. Still real to me, damn it. I want to thank y'all for what y'all done to your bodies. Did you ever see that video of a crying wrestling fan? I want to thank y'all for what y'all done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it. Anyway, that's what's going on with me. I have ADHD, and um, The Rock uh, is is ruining um, wrestling, and I'm back into wrestling. And I'm actually back into wrestling because of this fucking Cody story. I just want to see him win, you know? The Royal Rumble is the first in maybe 10 years full pay-per-view that I watched that wasn't just the matches and wasn't watched just the clips, you know? So, look, probably should have ended with the ADHD stuff to be honest, but whatever, look, this is what's on my mind, I've always just told you, whatever's on my mind, The Rock is pissing me off, and I have ADHD, so look, that's where we are, and I'll probably be talking about it again, both The Rock and ADHD, um, but look, thanks very much for listening to the pod, um, Glitterbox, I'm going to be in Dublin, in Wicklow, in Galway, actually I need a venue for that, uh, uh, Cork, Limerick, uh, Dundalk, um, where else? all over uh, all over the shop Holt. Um and also hoping to go to Derry and Belfast and London and Galway and they'll probably be in and around the same times of May uh, April, May, June so go to my Instagram if you'd like to come see me I'd love to see you I love you um, and thanks very much for listening all the best bye bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.